Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. I'm sitting here with uh, coach and uh, comforter, counselor, all-around good guy, guru, John Opaluski. And John, today we are uh, starting this this new adventure being podcasters. And uh, so many people have said, John, could you answer this question? Could you answer that question? Instead of answering them one by one, this just makes sense. Let's just answer the, the, the questions that you hear most often. Take our time. Enjoy the answers. And I think we're going to help a lot of people. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, great. So today, tell us, tell us a little bit about today's, the first episode. What, I imagine this is like the one that everybody's asking because this is the first one that came to mind when you thought podcast. Tell us about it. Right. Well, one of the uh, one of the questions I get asked a lot or observations, I guess, that I have a lot, Jim, is uh, pastors really struggle keeping focused and yeah. staying on point, staying on mission. And uh, so when I'm having a coffee or I'm having lunch with a pastor, almost always we get around to, I don't have enough time to get to what I really right. want to do. Right. And, and th- those things that are interrupting that, you know, they, they've got the same amount of time. The guy that has all the time in the world and the guy that has no time have the same amount of time given to them. So what are some of the things that really productive people are are doing? Like, like what what is it that, you know, the, the, the average guy isn't doing that's costing him that he doesn't even know yet? Maybe he, he realized it, but he doesn't know what to do with it. Well, I think I, this is going to sound a little counterintuitive maybe, but these guys that really start to get their arms around it, Jim, are asking themselves a lot of the right questions. Hmm. They're they're very uh, self-evaluative, and uh, they're asking themselves some really key questions uh, on, a, on a pretty regular basis. Uh, you know, one of the, the questions they ask is, what am I actually accomplishing? Yeah. You know, yeah. Am I, is, is, my, uh, is my compassion really helping people? Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things I ran into, uh, I run into quite a bit, are pastors who are very compassionate people. Yeah. And uh, but they run into things like compassion fatigue, or their compassion gets in the way of their mission. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because as a pastor, I we, we recarpeted our church 25 years ago, and within a year, the only spot in the church that showed anywhere was was my doorway, because everybody was, my doorway was the first thing you saw when you walked through the main doors. There was no secretary, there's no bookkeeper. People just came in day and night, and hey, you got a minute? And how do you say no? I, I'm I'm your pastor. But no, I don't have a minute. Right. So, so that 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 mission drift then that that sense of I, I came here to accomplish something. I have a place. I have a time set aside to accomplish a goal, and it gets interrupted. Well, how do you how do you not get interrupted? Uh, you know, in in that time. Well, let me, if I could, tell you yeah. a story about a, co- a coffee I had maybe three four months ago with a staff pastor, at a, at a church of a, probably about a thousand people. Yeah. And uh, he's a really good guy, and uh, he was telling me over coffee about this uh, one individual who seemed to monopolize his time. He There's was always, always one, <laughs> always in his office, uh, asking for help, asking for money, uh, asking for counsel, and uh, the the, uh, the staff pastor, who was one of the most compassionate people that I know. Uh, told me, John, I'm just so frustrated because I feel like I can never really get to yeah. uh, what I'm supposed to really be doing. And so I asked him, I said, well, how long have you been working with this guy? How long has this been going on? Oh, no, and he I'm said, cringing. <laughs> he said nine months. Oh, 
in a church of a thousand people, this yeah. guy monopolized the senior pastor's time for nine months. Yeah, for nine months. Wow. And uh, I said, then I followed up with this. I said, is he any better? Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know, I think he's worse. Yeah. And uh, I said, okay, well, your plan doesn't seem to be working very, <laughs> very well. And, um, you know, the truth is this, is that I think, I think that sometimes we forget what our assignment is. Obviously, our assignment's people. Yeah. However, right. uh, if, um, if I'm not uh, clear about how I'm supposed to help people, the best way I'm supposed to help people, I can start getting uh, overrun. Yeah. with uh, things like I just described to you, and uh, I end up not getting really the real assignment finished. Yeah. It's, I, do, you think, do you think some people, you know, some, some ministry is proactive. I'm building a leader. I'm, I'm averting a crisis. I'm, and some is just like, like this guy. It sounds like an endless reactive <clears throat> chain of I need you, I need you. I feel like I'm watching What About Bob and your Dr. Leo Marvin. You exactly. know what I mean? And, and they just, a constant need. And I, I wonder what percentage of pastors actually leave the ministry because they believe that what they're doing doesn't really make a difference because you're looking at a few people that absorb most of their time and energy that accomplished almost nothing. They go, I'm not good at this. Like, wait, you, you haven't really, you haven't discipled. You've, right. you've counseled the demon-possessed, or I hate to say that, not the guy's yeah. demon-possessed, but you don't counsel a demon-possessed person. You, you deliver them and they go on with their life. You don't. Right. Sometimes information unapplied is very frustrating to a leader, and you convince yourself you're not you're not doing anything right. So some of the some of the things here, like self analytical questions, we can ask ourselves to to know whether or not we're wasting our time or whether we're staying on 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 task. What do you, what would you give us to ask ourselves? Okay, I have several. I I think the first one would be is asking yourself what is my God given assignment? Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, getting back in touch with your calling, your your wheelhouse, uh, and not allowing what's urgent to swallow up what's important. Uh, there's always something urgent calling for your resources as a pastor. And one of the uh, one of the questions, self-evaluative questions, is: Am I really sticking to what I'm great at, what right. I'm passionate about? Uh, Jim, you you do a, a wonderful teaching on why is greater than what yeah. and we talk about three circles passion pain and proficiency and i yeah. think that's such a great way for a pastor to evaluate am i spending right. enough time in the intersection of those three areas i think realistically 70 percent of a pastor's time should be spent in his wheelhouse wouldn't that be great yeah yeah wouldn't that be it would great? be awesome yeah. so that's one i think another question is what is my capacity um you know you uh, and I, and really no person has unlimited, well, we know this, unlimited time or unlimited energy. Yeah. Uh, so be honest with your calendar. Be honest with your capacity. Learn, learn to say no to some things so that you can say yes to the most important things. Right. I, I've heard people say you, you end up doing more by doing less. And what I think they mean by that is instead of you're in charge of unplugging the toilet and mowing the grass and printing the bulletins. You no, know, your, your assignment is less, less broad and more focused. So you're not a floodlight trying to illuminate the world. You're a laser beam trying to cut through steel. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you see that in your everyday practice that, that people who, who eventually delegate to, to reliable people get to do more, they're more effective by doing less things? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 100, too. 100%. Um, I think I think one of the biggest challenges leaders wrestle with is focus. 
Yeah. You know, because so much of the work presenting itself to a leader pulls him away or pulls her away from their God-given assignment. I, I, I think about it this way. I think about strategic and I think about tactical. Right. And, and the ministry has this invisible magnetic pull to the tactical uh, at the expense of the strategic. Yeah. And uh, you're not going to be able to spend all your time in strategy, but I think most pastors could really benefit by spending more time. Yeah. Uh, thinking about things like vision and strategy and values and where are we going in the next five You know, five as soon as you years. said that, I, I've been thinking still, I'm still meditating on that guy, the, the, the what about Bob guy in Dr. Leo Marvin's office. And as soon as you said vision, my heart just went, ah, you know, and overall goals. And all of a sudden I want to be a pastor again. Like right. it's, it's funny, just those words. I wonder if anybody else was feeling the same way. When you said those words, part of me just said, yes, like that's, I'm saying that's why I'm here, but remembering that those those large items actually accomplish those small things that you think you're supposed to be doing in people's lives. Right. So by by having that vision, you create a church that creates an environment where the people that aren't well can become well, versus trying to be the the individual counselor, you know, the the savior to one man versus the leader of an organization that, you know, that that in the end does accomplish salvation for multitudes. It's, right. Yeah. So I. Help me organize my day then, because this is I, I, the one guy. I want to come back to him in the end. Advice: How do you get rid of that one guy in a tactful way without right. destroying him? Um, but but my day to day life is uh, a collection of things I expect and a barrage of things I don't. How right. what what do I do in my day to day life that helps me stay on target? Well, I think there's a couple of pieces to that, um, and this is going to be very practical. Uh, the uh, first thing that I, I uh, would encourage a leader to do is to think about what's my game plan for the week? Well, not just for the week, but what's my game plan for the next six months wow. and even a couple of years out? So I, wow. here's how I accomplish that. I have a whiteboard in my office, mm-hmm. and I, I put that whiteboard into four quadrants. And here's how I, those quadrants look. The top uh, left quadrant are our core values mm-hmm. because I want to remember every day how I'm supposed to behave. Wow. Okay. The top right quadrant is my dream quadrant, and that's mm-hmm. where my five to ten year goals live. That's where things like I want to clone myself uh, <laughs> live, uh, and our financial goals are up there. But that's my long uh, view. The bottom left is my current quarter's goals. Those are five to six mini projects, so to speak, uh, that I got to focus on in this particular quarter that are going to map to that dream quadrant. And then the bottom right is my uh, next quarter, and that's Mm -hmm. kind of a holding tank for some projects I know I need to get done uh, in the next quarter. So that's one piece of the puzzle. The other piece is a a weekly to-do list. Right. So I build my weekly to-do list on Friday for the week coming up, and right. it's built off of my whiteboard. Right. So right. this approach to work, I've been using this for about six years, and uh, it has allowed me to be extremely productive. Right. I get to the I get to my desk on Monday morning. I'm not thinking about what should I work on this week. I hit right. the ground right. running. So I think that's one thing is a game plan. The other one is this. Um, this thought of matching the high energy part of your day to those tasks that yeah. require the most energy. So right. for me, those tasks are writing, um, uh, thinking, planning down the road. And so I know from about seven in the morning to about one in the afternoon, I'm, I'm 
that was my high yeah. <laughs> energy time. So that's when I do all my writing. That's when I do yeah. all my creative stuff. And then one o'clock, the coffee runs out and it's time for a nap. Is well, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes that's what it is, or I go to the gym or something <laughs> right. like that. But I, I think having a game plan uh, for your your uh, work, Yeah. Uh, most pastors don't get taught how to do that. I learned this mm. stuff in the business world. Right. And uh, the business world taught me how to really have a good approach to work. So I think that's one of the really important things. Right. Now, let's, let's kind of go back in the, the last couple of minutes here that we have. Um, the, the guy that's driving the pastor of a 1,000 people crazy, the one guy yeah. that's taking more energy <clears throat> than 700, 900 people uh, as well. Uh, you know, distractions you deal ruthlessly with. Yes. People you don't deal ruthlessly with. So what's right. the balance of, of saying no? Because we're saying no to people. We're not saying no to, mm-hmm. you know, to being on the block watch captain for your security team and your subdivision. Like we're saying no to people that call us pastor. Right. Uh, we're saying no to opportunities sometimes. I mean, as soon as we say yes to one thing, we begin the war of a thousand no's. Right. So how do you deal ruthlessly with the situation without dealing ruthlessly with the person that would be harmed by you know, by us saying, hey, I can't talk to you anymore. You're wasting my time. Sure. Well, um, there's several thoughts running through my head. I think the first thing is making sure you've got a plan mm-hmm. for your week so that the, the, the important things that you the important things that you have to get done uh, are locked in. Uh, you have to leave some time yeah. open for uh, surprises, disruptions. Uh, pastoral ministry is extremely disruptive. <laughs> I think we all know that. Um, but, uh, but there are times when you tell people, you know, not now. Yeah. I can't talk to you right now. I'll give you an example. Uh, I, when I was a lead pastor, people liked to grab me on the way up to the platform yes. to preach. Yeah. To complain about something. To unload. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as a young pastor, I didn't know how to deal with that. Right. But, yeah. um, now I, I think, boy, if I could rewind and live that over, I would have told that person, you know. Let's talk after service. Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to pay attention to you, but I can't do that right now. Yeah. And uh, and getting comfortable uh, delaying, and then there are times when look, somebody has been bleeding you dry for months, and they're not getting any better. You're not getting yeah. anywhere. And so being able to speak the truth and love to that person, uh, to tell them right. the truth wrapped in uh, copious amounts of love. Yeah, um, and. Uh, and sometimes you have to do that. And then sometimes things are just, you just get disrupted. But if you're day after day after day disrupted, you're going to get uh, distracted from yeah. your assignment. Yeah. And that's important. At the end of this thing, <clears throat> we have to give it account for what God gave us and how we invested it. And that's to say right. we gave it all to one guy who just, and I don't mean to call the guy a pig, but the, the pearls before swine scenario, yeah. I put everything into one basket that I knew had holes in it. It's right. just, that's not the way we want to end this life. So the next, the next podcast coming up, uh, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the destination versus the journey. Another question people are like, so, you know, caught up in, in the destination, they forget to enjoy the journey or so caught up in the journey, they forget where they're going, you know, right. bringing balance to that. Anything you want to say to get us ready for the next podcast? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just confess to you that I'm a very destination focused person. <laughs> And that, that's not just when it comes to ministry or calling. That's when even like things with vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I don't relax until I get there. 
And uh, so, yeah, I want to talk about how to, you know, both are important, right? The yes, they are. journey is yeah. important, but we've got to be going somewhere, too. Yeah. And how do, we, how do we learn how to enjoy the journey, learn from the journey, so that when we get to the destination, uh, we've got the goods. Right on. Well, I, I hope that everybody's found this this time uh, profitable. I, I know just sitting here listening that John has been good for my soul, and, and he's touched on my buttons and helped me. And I know that this next one coming up, I'm, it, it almost sounds less than this one. It's going to be more of a confessional that you're going to be hearing John's confessions about yeah, <laughs> the, the balance right. in his life. So come and join us for the next one. In the meantime, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>